I have always been a very avid reader. I have volumes and volumes of books on different topics, on different focuses, on different types of information that I've been interested in over the years. Not only that, but I'm also a multi-passionate learner, so I'm interested in a bunch of things from brain development to communication to pedagogy to languages and I'm just interested religion I'm just interested in a bunch of different things so every time I get on a kick about something I go and I buy books about it and I read through the books now the reality of it is if I'm being completely honest most of the books in my library I have not read all the way through I simply look at the uh, table of contents and then I sift through the pages that I'm interested in. Once I have satiated my curiosity or my desire to learn whatever it is that I'm interested in at the time, then I'm done with the book and I put it away and it stays on a shelf until something else comes up that reminds me of the book and I go pull it off the shelf and look for what I need at the moment. So I do a lot of learning for the moment, learning for whatever it is that I'm interested in doing at the time. But when it comes to truly important things, things like building my business, things like being the best parent I can be, things like engaging in communication in the best possible way, then I look for key books or key courses that might help me learn as much as I can about the subject. Now, over the years, I've learned that that is not the smartest way to go about learning whatever it is that you need to learn. In fact, if I think back to, for example, the knowledge I have on communication, it's taken me over 25 years to learn everything I know about communication because it's been that process of getting a book, reading through it, taking down some, down some notes, testing it out, trying to implement it, figuring out what really works, and then going back to the drawing board for what doesn't. And it is a very lengthy process, and it is a huge learning curve filled with a bunch of trial and error, a lot of failure, and a lot of frustration. One of the things though that I've learned through the years and through all these times when I've tried to master something and it's taken me years if not decades to get to that space where I really feel comfortable sharing it with other people and teaching it to others is how to accelerate that process. How to condense years and even decades of learning into just a few months. So what I would love to do today on Sincerely Speaking is share with you what I have learned about how to condense years into months. Are you ready? Let's go. Communication. Its effective use is the key to success in business, relationships, and life. Yet, we're never taught to use communication in a way that is effective, productive, and positive. The result? Interactions that lead to overwhelm, stress, discontent, lack of motivation, poor relationships, and the feeling of not being fully heard. We're engaged in a permanent tug of war, not the true flow of proper communication. Is there a way to fix this? Can the way we communicate truly be the key to achieving balance and success in all aspects of our life? Join me, Marcy Amaro, as we explore the answers to these and other communication, influence, connection, and success questions here on Sincerely Speaking.
So a lot of what we're going to share today is going to feel a little redundant, maybe. There are probably things you've heard before. But like one of my mentors always says, you might have heard it a million times, but how many times have you actually done it? How many times have you actually taken action on it? Have you actually implemented or used any of the information that you've heard? So what I would love at the onset of this conversation is for us to change our, our mindset a little bit, shift how we're approaching this conversation from, oh, I've heard that before, or I know that already, to asking ourselves, how can I use this today? Or how can I grow from it? So look for the implementation. Look for the nuggets that can help you expedite your process, whatever it is that you're in, whatever stage that you're working through, whatever your end goal is. How can you use this information to help you speed up the process, to help you gain back precious time, and to help you get to the other side of your goal or of your dream or of the task that you're trying to achieve without having to spend years in the process and without all the heartache and frustration that comes from all the trial and error that we mentioned before. The other thing I would like to say is, while it might seem obvious, parts of it are also going to feel a little counterintuitive. So listen with the heart of someone who understands that learning is a process that usually takes a lot of time but that it's also a process that can be shortened and expedited if we know what we're looking for and what to do. There is going to be a little bit of resistance to some of the things that I'm going to say today, which is why I'm prefacing it so much. But if you will just open your mind and open your heart to the three simple things that I am going to share, you will understand how you can literally take what might normally take anybody doing it on their own 10, 20, 15, I don't know, 30 years to get done, how you can shorten that learning curve and shorten that time that it's going to take you to get to the point of mastery to just a few short months if you are open to actually taking action on the things that we're going to talk about today. How's that sound? So the first thing I wanted to say is this. If you have a GPS, or in my time, a map, actually, maybe I should just start this with a story, right? When my husband and I got married 18 years ago, we decided to take our honeymoon in California. We had never been, and we thought, oh, California would be such a great place to go for a honeymoon. There were things that we wanted to do. We're huge Disney freaks, so Disneyland was top of the list. And then we thought, well, we'll rent a car and we'll drive to other places like LA and we'll go to Universal and we'll do like all the touristy things in that uh, central California area. So we go over there, we rent the car, and the first thing we do the next day is we decide we're going to go to LA. Well, I was the navigator. My husband was driving and I was, my job was to figure out where we needed to go and how to get there. So I grabbed the map. Yes, this was before GPS was standard in all vehicles, and it, it, we didn't even have GPS on our cell phones at the time. So I grabbed the map, and I found where we were, and I decided where we wanted to go. Now, the next thing I needed to do was figure out the best route to get there, because as with anything, there's more than one way 
to get to that destination from where we were. So I was like, okay, we're in Anaheim. We want to go to LA, which is the route that we want to take. And I traced the route and I kind of figured this is the route we're going to go. And we got on the way. Now, if I had taken the map and said, okay, we're in Anaheim, let's just get in the car and start driving and we will figure it out as we go. Would we have gotten to LA? Probably. But the chances of us getting there in a straight route without too many detours and of getting there without wasting time in the process would have lessened. We would have probably added minutes, if not hours, to the trip. Case in point, the next day, that day we got to LA fine, no issues. The next day we decide, okay, today we're going, but we're going straight to Universal Studios in, in LA. So we get in the car, we have the route, but what happened? I fell asleep. So my husband, who is newlyweds, you know, he's trying to be nice and polite. He didn't wake me, he let me rest. So when I wake up, I'm totally lost and confused. We had been driving for about 45 minutes longer than we should have been. And my husband was just driving along, not having a clue where we were going or where we were headed. So I pull out the map and the map, the map didn't help me at all because I had no clue where we were or in which direction we needed to go or what the route was that we needed to go to get there, right? So not having clear landmarks made navigating the trip a lot harder. We had to get off the off-ramp, the next off-ramp, ask for where we were exactly, located on the map, and then retrace the route from there to Universal Studios, and then we got there. But the point I'm trying to make is this. When you either, whether you're using a map or a GPS, when you're going to get, or when you're looking to get from destination A to destination B, you need to make some decisions. The first decision is what are those destinations? And the next decision is what is the best route you're going to take to get there? If you keep changing the route every five minutes, it's going to take you longer to get there. You might not even get there. Now that is not to say that once you decide on a route, if there's an accident or if there's an obstruction or some sort of obstacle that you can't maneuver around that obstacle but you are clear on where you want to go, what the best route is, and you only take those detours when absolutely necessary. Why am I telling you this story? Because in order to shorten the amount of time that something is gonna take you, you need to make some decisions and make them firmly and commit to the decisions that you're making. Now, I love Andy Andrews and in his seven decisions, he has something that says um, the power of decision and he talks about how God doesn't give you the ability to make every decision right, but he makes you, he does give you, no, I'm messing this up. Let me go back to room. So Andy Andrews says that God doesn't give you the decision, the ability to always make the right decision, but he does give you the ability to make a decision and then make it right, right? So it's not about focusing on, am I making the right decision? It's just deciding so that you can have a clear focus and so that you can then maneuver around any obstacles, right? Like we were talking about with the map, if there's an obstruction, well, you maneuver around it, you find a detour, you find a way to get around it and then get back on track. 
but if you don't have any decisions then you're going to get on that detour and you're going to be like oh that looks kind of cool let me go see what's over there or oh wait a minute that looks kind of interesting let me go down that other road and you're going to end up just down rabbit holes that lead nowhere so you need to have decisions made that will give you the clarity and the focus you need to continue moving forward in the right direction and to make the next decision that is going to allow you to continue moving in the right direction. Does that make sense? So when you decide, that literally means cutting away all other possibilities. Now, the truth of the matter is that as human beings, we resist making decisions. And we resist making decisions because we fear about what we might be missing out on all the other possibilities that we're not picking. That's why if you're given too many possibilities, too many options, you tend to freeze, or it's just really hard to make the decision, or you second guess your decision every step of the way. So when you are finally able to make and commit to a decision, then you can use your mental energy, your emotional energy, and your physical energy even, towards the productive course of figuring out how to make the decision right. How to put all the pieces in place so that you can get to that destination that you decided on. But if there's no decision made, that's like playing basketball without a basket. You're just throwing the ball at nothing. There's no way to score. There's no way to know if you're winning. There's no way to move towards something that is fulfilling or gratifying. So the first thing in cutting the time that it's going to take you to get to your destination is to make clear decisions and to commit to those decisions. So the first decision is, what do I really want to achieve? What is the ultimate goal? The second decision is, why is this important? Why do I want to get there? And the third decision is, why now? Why now? So once you know what you want, why it's important, and why it has to happen now rather than later that is going to shorten the amount of time it's going to take you to get there simply because of how much focus you're going to have because knowing what you want is going to give you the direction knowing what you wanted is going to give you the determination to keep going in that direction even if there are obstacles that you have to drive around and the knowing why now it's going to make it so that when things get difficult and you have to make those adjust adjustments you don't think well wait a minute i can just go back and do it next year i can just turn the car around and keep going next year and it's important for you to decide on those things and commit to those things and once you do then you're ready to move forward in a way that is going to lessen and shorten the amount of time it's going to take you to succeed which takes us to number two number two is understanding who you need to be in order to achieve that goal who you need to be in order to achieve that goal See, we tend to think that if we have certain tools or resources or abilities or talents or skills, then we can do the thing to help us be who we want to be. That is the typical mindset. That is the reason why I spent so many decades buying books that I didn't even read all the way through. Because I thought if I can just have the skill, if I can just have the knowledge, then I can do the thing. And once I do the thing, then I can become the person I want to be. 
Well, that is completely backwards thinking. Because see, here's what happens. We have something in our mind, right? Part of it is part of the reticular activating system. Part of it is just part of our mental processes that are too elaborate to get into um, right now. But we have processes in our brain that are designed to find evidence to prove us right. Okay, are you following me? We have processes in place in our brain. And part of the job of our brain is to prove itself right. To show that it's not crazy. To show that it's doing what it needs to do to help you survive and to help you move forward. So when you start reading, or when you start getting all this knowledge, when you start trying to have the thing, <laughs> your brain is just going to be looking for proof on how having that thing doesn't change who you are. So you're going to keep stumbling over yourself because your brain is trying to protect you by showing you that you're wasting your time on this thing because it doesn't align with who you are. It doesn't align with the identity that you have built for yourself. And there's a law in the universe that states that everything produces its own kind, right? So if you are the type of person that only produces this type of result, trying to trick your brain into thinking that you can have and do these other things when you are still the same person is not going to get you there. It's going to keep you stuck. And it's not just a mindset thing. It's a law of the universe. You cannot produce anything that is outside of who you are, right? So until you understand who you need to become and start taking the strides necessary to become that person, you won't be able to do or have the things that you want to have and do. Does that make sense? So once you realize who you need to become, like in my case, in order for my business to flourish, I needed to become an entrepreneur and a problem solver and a business owner in my being, in my identity, I needed to remove the identity of the student and the teacher, which is what kept me going back to books and to reading. And nothing wrong with that. You need to read. You need to educate yourself. And actually, really hyper-successful, high-level achievers read about 600% more than the average person. Just saying. But in order for me to advance beyond that level of being the student and the teacher, which is where I was comfortable, which is where I was a master, which is where I knew I could slay anything that came my way at that level, right? I needed to get into a lot of discomfort, question and crush that identity, and put on the new identity of the entrepreneur problem solver business owner, which is a completely different hat. It's a completely different identity. And until I did that, I kept spinning my wheels. I kept trying to push forward without seeing any results. I kept hitting my head against the wall because I was misaligned. What I was trying to have and do did not match who I needed to be. So I needed to understand who do I need to become? And then I needed to immerse myself in the mindset of the people who were already what I needed to become. Which leads me to the third step, which is finding mentors. Once you decide where you want to go, 
and you're clear on where you're at, where you want to go, and the route to get there. Once you understand who you need to become in order to make that journey as seamlessly as possible, then you need to understand what people who already are, what you need to become, how they think, what they do, how they process things, how they operate, what is what they do that you don't, and what they don't do that you do. And you need to figure out how to implement that into your own life. And the fastest, easiest way to do this that will shorten your learning, your learning curve is to find coaches and mentors that will help you understand all these things and get to where you need to get to, right? Now, here's the thing I want you to understand. I'm saying coaches and I'm saying mentors, plural. And here's why. Any mentor or coach that is worth their salt specializes in one or two things. No mentor or coach that is worth their salt is going to try to teach you everything or is going to claim to be an expert at everything if they do run the other way. Nobody's an expert at everything. Um, there's a story about Henry Ford being put on trial and being asked how to do all these things related to cars. And his answer kept repeating, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. So the prosecutor was getting really haughty because he was like, oh, I got him. He doesn't know any of these things, so he can't claim whatever it is that he's claiming. And finally, Ford got fed up and he said, give me a phone. And the prosecutor was really confused and he said, what do you mean? What do you need a, a phone for? He said, I don't know any of these things and I don't need to know any of those things that you're asking me about. But if you give me a phone, I can get directly to the person that can answer your question. And that's what I need. I just need to know who knows the answers and I need to know that they are at my disposal to help me do these things. I don't need to know how to do them. I just need to know the person who can, right? So it's the same thing with your coaches and your mentors. You're going to build a team of mentors. And I know that that sounds funny because we tend to think of mentors or coaches as one guru, one expert, one person that is lofty up there, bigger than nature, right? That is going to give us the answers to all our questions and solve all our problems. Well, that's not the way it works. You need several coaches and several mentors that will help you build the different aspects of who you need to become, right? So in my case, I had business mentor, I had a mindset mentor, I had a speaking coach, I had um, a funnel building, like I have different mentors and coaches. I have an amazing storytelling mentor. I have all these different coaches and mentors that I refer to. Some of them I paid, some of them I didn't. I call anybody who has written a book that has helped me step over a specific hurdle, I call that person my coach or my mentor, even if I've never met them. But you need several coaches and several mentors, depending on where you are, where you want to go, and who you need to become in the process to get there. So look around for those people that align with your values, who are also already skilled at doing the things that you need to do to become the person that you need to become in order to do and have the things that you want to do and have, right? So it could be that you're looking for someone to help you hone in your message, really define who you are, what you have to offer, 
what your message is to the world, what problem you solve, and how to turn those answers into a message that you can deliver for both impact and income. If that is what you're looking for, then I invite you to check out impactignitorplaybook.com forward slash forward slash application. I'm looking for a few people, a small group of people that I am going to work with directly in a small group to help them define, refine, and leverage their message so they can either add it to their current business or create a business around that message so that they can create huge impact, gain a lot of visibility, and create a business that centers around both helping others and creating income for yourself and for your family. So if you're interested, once again, go to impactignitorplaybook.com forward slash application, fill out the application, select a date, and let's chat for a few minutes and see how I can support you in your progress towards your destination that you are committed to and that you have just decided on.